Bulletcast for life. Get up, get up! This is a revolution! This is our time to rise! Ladies and gentlemen, you know the name, you know the voice, you know exactly why we're here. Just in case if you don't, I am a 24-year-old piece of gold. And yes, I am still the messiah of the microphone. But you know I never do this alone. He's my tag team partner, the Jim and my J, the Teledim Arn, the Stevie Ray to my Booker T. He's the host of the award-winning Under the Reader, host and creator of Curveballs and Chair Shots. He's the first ever and eight-time Bullet Cast champion, the Canadian Destroyer, B.T. Brandon Tanguma. And you know why we're here, ladies and gentlemen. It's simple. We're here to lead the evolution of the audio revolution. B.T., it's Thursday. We're here to talk wrestling yet again. How you doing there, bud? I'm doing fantastic. It's Thursday. You know what that means. Yep, it's Thursday. Still here. We're we're still here. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we're gonna get into it. We're gonna talk some uh, some some wrestling. So here we go. We're gonna talk SmackDown actually, which is unusual for us to do this on this show. But uh, yeah, here we go. Um, so the phenomenal AJ Styles defended the Intercontinental Championship against Gran Matalik in a pretty a pretty good match. You know what? I, I really I really thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, Gran Matalik, the King of the Ropes. Even though he wasn't allowed to do that for a period of time in WWE, which makes no sense because that's his whole shtick. Uh, yeah, man. So Styles versus Matalik, all in all, Styles walks out with the Intercontinental Championship. But a uh, good showing from from Matalik. Yeah, Lucha House Party. You no, know, we make fun of them because they're just a low level gimmick. But all three of those wrestlers are very talented. We've seen, I believe, all three of them were in the Cruiserweight Classic at one point, and. I mean, they definitely can wrestle. And Grand Madalik, I mean, we forget. He made it all the way to the finals, and he had some damn good matches. He can wrestle. He's just not just one of many wrestlers on that roster that isn't given the opportunity that a lot of people think that he deserves. Absolutely, man. I mean, and then what What? what pay-per-view was it where there were, like, all the teams in there? Uh, I forget. It was It was, It was. was this year. There was, like, four teams fighting for the tag titles. He was rocking the... Uh, the mask with the hair out, so he had looking like Hoovy too. It was just, you know, just good stuff. But uh, Grand Match League, yeah, he's 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 one of the um, better wrestlers on the roster in WWE, and I'd love to see him get some more shine. Speaking of guys getting more shine, Big E. Uh, we can't say Langston because that's not his name anymore. But Big E, yes, uh, he's having a singles run while Kofi and Xavier Woods are both out with injuries, and he had a very good match with The Miz. Uh, Mike Mazanin, and I, I like his new finish, man. The stretch muffler um, submission hold where you put their their leg over the back of your neck and you, you're, you're stretching it, you're crunching it out. Uh, Brock Lesnar used this back in the day during his first run in WWE. He called it the Brock Lock. But yeah, man, I mean, this was fun. I mean, Morrison got involved, and that didn't stop Big E from getting the job done. Uh, what are your thoughts on E versus Miz, and what are your thoughts on him using the stretch muffler as his new finishing maneuver? The match itself was fine. The Miz is going to be in a lot of, you know, fantastic matches. But I think between the two is probably the higher level of what I would expect from those two. Biggie added a new move to his arsenal. I enjoyed, especially because, you know, a lot of the finishing moves with the New Day would be, I guess, like the big ending, which is like his main finisher. But then a lot of the double team moves is kind of what they do. So adding another dimension to Biggie's singles character, getting a new move for him, I think that's definitely a... Good way to go, and it seems as though kind of everybody on the roster has their own sort of submission move at this point. Absolutely, you know, Miz adopted the figure four leg lock during his first babyface run back in twenty. He was gifted it; he didn't adopt it. Well, gifted it by uh, by Nate during his first babyface run in uh, in in twenty thirteen. You know, Cena has the STF. Uh, yeah, man. So it's it, it's nice for you to uh, you to pick up on that stuff. And yeah, man, this is probably the most talked about thing from SmackDown. Um, Nikki Cross took an, I forgot who she lost to, and Alexa was trying to comfort her, and Nikki pushes her down, and Alexa's sitting down in the ring, and the lights go out, and the red light comes on, and the Fiend is in there with Alexa. Now, Alexa sold this pretty well, if we you follow her on social media, she, she loves Disney, Disney princesses, all that stuff, so when you think evil, like, I, I, I believed it, I, I bought into, she was legit terrified, and then the, um, the mandible claw with the hurt glove hand being forced down her throat. I thought, I thought all of this worked. Yeah, well, I mean, we saw her, you know, maybe cosplay Sister Abigail during that lovely swamp fight that we saw a few weeks back at Extreme Rules, the horror show. And we were waiting for something to happen last week. Nothing happened, so then now we get it 
I guess two weeks ago. Now we get it last week, and I would assume maybe she turns to the dark side or maybe she disappears. I don't know exactly where they're going, but I think it was something that they had to address. I don't know if they exactly addressed it, but they added a new little wrinkle, a new chapter to the story with Bliss yeah, and the Fiend. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Braun has a huge crush on her from what we've seen in the Mixed Match Challenge. Uh, yeah, the Mixed Match Challenge kind of underrated. I'm not going to lie, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah, so you know what? I I, th- I think the Fiend will hold her hostage until he gets what he wants, and that's Braun Strowman at SummerSlam for the Universal title. And yeah, I, I think I think this can be a, a lot of fun. You know, Alexa Bliss. Very- Alexa Bliss on a forklift match. Okay, let's not let's not do that. Alexa Bliss on a pole match. Hey now. Oh uh, yeah, man, she very versatile, and she like the her expressions like really with her those big blue eyes when they pop like. You can tell when she's upset or mad. Like I remember once I was I was in a uh, I, was, I was in a class and I was watching some wrestling when I should have been paying attention. I had to sound off and I, it was an Alexa Bliss match uh, and a promo. And, like I could really just feel the emotion without even hearing it. You know that's just how good of a talent she is. And I I think she adding her into the storyline will uh, give it a nice little nice little freshness, nice little revamp, so to speak. Any other thoughts on the Fiend and Alexa? No, I mean, we haven't really seen Alexa Bliss, you know, she's kind of, even though she is a babyface at this point, she's kind of always been the same character, so her being able to switch things up at this point could be a nice little addition to her character, because she is kind, I wouldn't say she's stale, but she's just kind of doing the same things over and over again. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to take a quick break as we have a word from the founder of Curveballs and Chair Shots. What's up, everyone? It's Brandon. If you love sports and wrestling like I do, then check out my other podcast, Curveballs and Chair Shots. Every Friday, me and my illustrious co-host, Dominic Hobson, talk the biggest news from the MLB, NFL, NBA, and so much more. We also cover some things we don't talk about here on the Bulletcast, including a weekly NXT recap. You can listen to Curveballs and Chair Shots wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Curveballs and Chair Shots. Now let's get back to the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and we're back. Now we got to talk some outside of the ring uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I don't know if you know this, but he's the people's champion. Uh, he and his ex-wife, along with Redbird Capital, purchased the XFL for $15 million. Brandon, you're the football guy of the show. Tell us. Yeah, The Rock buying the XFL. Had the relationship with Vince, former Miami Hurricane player i'm not gonna say star but the rock has connections to vince and the football world buys it out for 15 million his ex-wife is also his business partner so they still have that relationship and the rock is always kind of it's almost kind of like ballers i don't know if you've ever seen ballers but kind of the entire premise of the last season was kind of like the rock trying to buy a football team and a league and here we are it's like we're living in ballers right now it's art imitating life yeah yeah. Even though he was buying the, I think it was the Raiders, but, you know. Something like that. I've, I've seen clips of Ballers, the uh, the, the the more risque clips. Uh, yeah, man, you know, the, the, I, I saw this and I'm like, what, really? Okay, you know, this is interesting. I mean, you know, Dwayne has a love for, uh, for football, like he, he was a uh, Miami Hurricane. He played for the U, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he can give it a nice little revamp. I'm, I, I want to see my... Uh, my, my Vipers do something, you know, whenever whenever their season happens again, now that now that Dwayne's picked him up. And I, I think this could be good business. I mean, you, you wouldn't think he would do something like this because he's in, like, ten movies every year. You know, he's constantly busy. You know, he started the new tequila uh, line, which is very delicious. I, I, I advise all of you to get some Terramana tequila. And yeah, man, you know, it's just, it's, just a lot of, it's just a lot of great fun. You know, I'm excited for what Rock's going to do with this. Uh, I think he, his ex-wife, and Redbird Capital have some uh, some big plans for the XFL coming up whenever their season happens again. And, you know, the quarantine and the coronavirus may be, actually be a good thing for this. It gives them time to look at what they have, revamp everything, you know, and uh, probably get some uh, some different towns, some some uh, a team or something. I'm I'm all for it. I like it. Yeah, they kind of talked about maybe the possibility of a bubble. So I don't know if this means that they're going to start it up next season or next spring. But the NFL, as of this moment, isn't going to do a bubble. Maybe they're too big for a bubble because you have, like, thousands and thousands of people. But with the XFL, you only have eight eight teams, you know, maybe times that out by 75 people. So, you know, it's less, definitely less than what 
the NFL would be doing. So they're looking into it. I mean, with the Rockies, arguably one of the biggest stars in the world. So giving him, you know, a platform and being able to either be on the show or plug the show all the time, I think that would definitely help the XFL. I still don't think it's going to be, you know, a you know someone who's combating with the NFL to sign big name stars or anything like that. But I think the Rock being a part of it definitely will help them if and when they get the ball rolling and try it for a third time. Absolutely, man. Got to get my Tampa Bay Vipers back out there. I, I was a fan of the uh, the uh, the Houston Roughnecks. I, I like that. I, I like that a lot. Um, well, from the XFL to some really exciting news, the Bella Twins gave birth to their children a day apart. Yes, Nikki Bella, she was the first to give birth on uh, July 31st. She gave birth to a baby boy. Baby boy Bella, because we don't know his name. Uh, she and her fiancé, Artem, gave, gave birth to... Uh, well, not she and, but they, 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 they had a baby. They had a baby. And then a day after, August 1st, we have baby boy Danielson. Yes, Birdie Joe has a little brother. Congratulations to the Bella Twins and to Artem and, uh, and Daniel. So happy for all of them. Congratulations to them. Can't wait for the new season of Total Bella so we can see all this go down. Oh, you have to do an extenuated recap of that. Yeah, maybe that, that's the reason why Under the Radar will come back. Just for the Total Bella's recap. When was the last time you didn't under the radar, Brandon? Maybe like a month and a half, two months ago. There's not a lot of stuff going on right now, Philip. The, the, there is not. There is not. I mean, you could you you could uh watch some old NXT, watch some old Total Divas, you know. Spice. I would up. just watch the Total Divas episode that I was on. I'll just recap that every single week. Hey, man, absolutely. The first season of Total Divas very underrated. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, you have Eva Marie chain, dyeing her hair. Just red going against WWE PR. You have JoJo having a little entanglement with um with Justin Gabriel, and then she gets her feelings hurt because you know like she's she's a young and she's nineteen and he's like thirty two. You know, it, it, it just a lot of drama, a lot of a lot of good stuff there. Might have might have to recap that here on the BC. All right, and uh, Marty Jannetty made a man disappear. Brandon, take it away. Well. He was on Facebook. I don't know if I assume this was Facebook Live because he kind of was rambling and kind of going all over the place. But he did talk about a time when he was 13, which I guess would make this around 1973. And he said that he was trying to buy weed from some dude and the dude tried to like sexually assault him. And then he went on to say that he made a man disappear. Now you can read into whatever you think that means. A lot of people are saying that he murdered a dude. The I think it's Georgia. The Georgia Police Department or whatever has come out and said that they're looking into it. They have some higher, you know, some higher cases that they're trying to get around to first. But when a, someone admits to making a man disappear, someone's going to be looking into that. Absolutely. Uh, I didn't know he was a child when this happened. Uh, yeah, so self-defense? Yeah? Can we say that? Can we say that here? I, I don't know. This, you know, the, these are the stories that we, we we don't talk about on this show for for, for, for reasons. Um, yeah, he he put up pictures of a lady. Did like what happened to her? Is she still around? I I read. I think he also said this was the first the first time I've made a man disappear. Okay, hold on. I, now. I think so. Don't quote me on that though. Wait a second. Wait a sec. Well, no. What about the lady in the photos though? He, but I he I read something like they should have looked for him at this river like where she was or something. Oh God. Oh gee, ladies and gentlemen, I I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize a great deal for the story. Stay tuned, and we'll keep you updated on the Marty Jannetty saga. Absolutely, we will keep you updated on the Marty Jannetty saga. This is what happens when you go through a barbershop window, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. All right, uh, we are going to take another quick break, and we are going to hear an ad from your boy, yours truly, about the uh, freshest channel on YouTube. Hey, what's going on, guys? Philip here. Look, there are so many channels out there on YouTube that do pranks and, and challenges and funny videos like That Just Happened TV, Nelk, and Love Live Serve. But why don't you look up Cheekley TV? Yes, Cheekley TV, C-H-I-K-L-E TV. It is a channel I started with my buddy Vinny a couple years ago, and we've done wrestling finishers in public. He's done eating challenges. We've done pranks to people. It's a whole lot of fun. 
You know, when you go to YouTube, it is the thumbnail with the guy blowing the bubble. It says, Chicle TV, right in the bubble. And look, you know, just sit down, relax, hop on YouTube, look up Chicle TV, and... Ooh, a little bit of the bubbly. Crack open a little bit of the bubbly. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Chicle TV, like, share, subscribe. It is the freshest channel on YouTube. And we're back! Yay! Hope you enjoyed that. Please go subscribe to Chicle TV. You know, I, uh, I started it back up with Vinny. We're, uh, we're trying to do some bigger and better things over there. Yes, sir? All right. Inside of the ring, the AEW Women's Tag Team Cup. Um, yes, so I watched it. it. It was on Monday night. And, um, yeah, it happened. It, it, you have um, Anna Jay and uh, Tay Conti. She was Ty Conti in NXT. They advanced. They defeat um, Ariane Andrew and Nyla Rose. Um, nobody got hurt. That's all we can ask for. I guess. Shout out Ty Conti. Follow her on Instagram. Fire TikTok, by the way, even though she doesn't really post that much on TikTok. But absolutely, I, I'm a little disappointed that this is just like its own thing on Monday. It's just another shoulder content that AEW has. And I keep wanting the women's division to get better. And they get, you know, their one or two segments a show. And I thought... You know, you don't have to dedicate the whole show or an hour to it. Just have a few matches. I mean, I don't even think, like, what, there's, like, eight teams in this whole tournament or 16 teams. So there's not that much that goes on with this cup. And it can still culminate at All Out. And they're, they're trying to make a bigger deal of the women's division. But yet, they're just kind of tossed aside. And they can say, oh, look, they have their own show. But it's a show that nobody's going to watch. Because hey, I don't know if you when you saw it, Philip, but do you have the uh, the numbers and how many people have watched this compared to darker obviously what they do on dynamite i don't have the numbers but look man we talk about a wednesday night war the monday night war is back on brother you have monday night raw or you have a vote aew woman's tag team cup i'm in favor of the cup yes sir yes sir you have a tuesday night war too you have impact versus aew dark and then you have the wednesday night war with nxt and dynamite aew's taking over the wrestling world I yep. pulled up the numbers. Okay. And the cup as this as of this moment has four hundred and sixty seven thousand views. AEW Dark has three hundred and twenty three thousand views. So this was the debut episode, so obviously there's gonna be some more eyeballs on it, some curiosity factor. But it did outdraw AEW Dark on YouTube. It still doesn't come close to what AEW draws on a weekly basis US wide, so you would think maybe that we get a little bit of boost because YouTube is obviously worldwide. But I guess we have to stay tuned to find out you know, in the coming weeks to see if that number drops. Absolutely. Oh, man. Uh, 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 you have to love it. You have to love it. Um, Pat McAfee punts Adam Cole, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, this did happen. We talked about the little blow-up between Pat McAfee and Adam Cole a few weeks on Pat, the Pat McAfee show. Shout out, Pat McAfee got married over the weekend so i guess he's on a little vacational honeymoon period away from his radio show and he decided to go down to florida clear things up with adam cole tweets out everything's fine and dandy he goes on commentary gets a little bit of a scuffle and then they go back and forth pat mcafee punts adam cole in the head former well the 2010's best punter according to football focus so shout out pat mcafee on that one but pat mcafee and Adam Cole, seemingly, this is going to take place at TakeOver. I think Adam Cole just tweeted out that he challenges him to a match at TakeOver. And I think also the correct plan is having Pat McAfee be a heel. I don't think it's the best way to have baby or Adam Cole turn babyface by calling him a little elf. But, you know, Pat McAfee's a big star and he's going to get eyes on the product. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we, I, I knew this was going to happen at TakeOver 30. Absolutely knew it. Uh, yeah, it, it'll happen. Um, match will probably be like 30 seconds to a minute. Nothing extravagant. Adam Cole will win and everything will be okay in the world. Yeah. Shout out to my friend Travis Gunderson over at his podcast, Trapped to Hell, if you guys like sports and entertainment. Go and check that out. But I, he's a big Pat McAfee guy. And we told him to go check it out and we were playing Call of Duty. And he was watching the clip and he got worked. He thought that that thing was kind of real. We had to uh, smarten him up. We kind of laughed at him about it. So there you go. Wow, wow. Trapdoor to hell. You know, go check out those guys. If they want to place an ad with the BC, just let me know. All right. For the right price. For the right price. Everybody's got a price. Ha, 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 ha. 
Alright, so we're going to move on this day in Wrestling Raw 2001. Um, Tajiri wins the light heavyweight championship. There was a SmackDown on this day in 2011. Um, Christian defeats Alberto Del Rio in a non-title match. Dino Bravo would have been 72 years old today. And Tony Nese is 35. Anything? Anything? No? Nothing? Nothing at all? A little dry for this day. Usually we have like you know a few things, a few birthdays, but not that much today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, fan mail. Not that much fan mail either. So, here we go. Jack of all trades. Guys, what's guys? What's the craziest or most bizarre Vince story you've heard? Mine is that he puts mustard on steak. It's a simple thing, but it's bizarre to me. Oh, uh, yeah, I did hear that he puts mustard on steak. Look, guys, mustard is zero calories. I mean, come on. Come on now. Like, why do you think Vince... I thought he was a, ca- thought he was a ketchup guy. Well, yeah. I guess that's just his steak wraps. His steak wraps, yeah. Well, I mean, why do you, why, why do you think... Uh... Why do you think he's so jacked at 70-something years old, man? It's that mustard. It's that mustard intake. I've upped my mustard intake as of late because I heard that. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. What's, well, Brandon, do you have a crazy Vince story you've heard? I For some reason, this one came to mind. I don't know if you've ever heard this one, but I, I know it was a Rhino house show match. I don't exa- I think it was Rhino, and I think there was somebody else. Maybe Tajiri? Because shout out to Jerry, he went in the light heavyweight title on this day. But he was do- they were doing a house show match, and I guess that the match was so trash that Vince came out on a house show and buried them and stopped the match. Really? Yes. I, I I've never heard that one. <laughs> oh God, Jesus! I mean, we've heard the ones like he he hates sneezing because it's a sign of weakness and all that other stuff. Um, I. I'm sure after the, after the pod is over, I'll, I'll think of something, but I can't think of anything right now. Uh, Hootie Who 420. Hootie Who. Hootie who. All right, let's let, let's see what he says here. Um, mates, who was the one wrestler you've met where you were absolutely starstruck? For me, it was Lita. Enough said. Brandon, I have to step away. Can you tell tell us about who you were starstruck by. Well, while Philip steps away for a little bit, starstruck by. I don't know if I ever, well, I mean, I think kind of similar to the Lita story. Melina, very happy to meet Melina. Met Lita also that same day at WrestleMania 31 WrestleCon. Lita, she's a good brother right there. We were like, the person in front of me was being kind of weird and like taking forever. So I was just sitting there and she was like, oh, you want to take a few selfies real quick for free? I was like, sure. Why the hell not? So then we take some selfies. She signs the thing and then I hand the photo off and then we actually get like a real photo. And we when we were taking the selfie... She was like, oh, my hair's a mess, and I look like trash. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And then we take another one. I also kind of looked high in the photo because it was like, whatever, 11, 12 o'clock, and I was already up for like five, six hours. I was a little tired, but that's okay. So the other time, I would say I was starstruck. Well, I wasn't actually starstruck. I just didn't know what the hell to say to him. Was we? It was at uh, this place we might not talk about ever again, you know, this <clears throat> BTW, and they had a little convention thingy, and I forget, I think it was Scott Hall. Scott Hall was supposed to be there, but I don't know if he, don't want to get into it. It was Scott Hall. He didn't show up, and Ezekiel Jackson showed up. He was his replacement, and he was like, oh, don't be, not scared, but you know, you little star, basically like, oh, you're starstruck, and I kind of didn't want to say anything. I was like, no, you're Ezekiel Jackson. I don't know what the hell to talk to you about. Just sign the thing. Take a photo and let's go. He was the last ever ECW champion. How dare you? How dare you? Once again, this was during my time where I wasn't watching, so the only thing I really remembered him by was, like, The Core or something. <laughs> hey, The Core underrated theme song, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, he was, like, the 2011 Ahmed Johnson. Um, w- w- what show was that at? BTW. Uh, big time trash. Oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, um... I, the only time I've ever been starstruck, I met Sean, met, met HBK. Uh, this is when I was going to college in Dallas, Texas. It was at a Dallas Autorama. You pay like 17 20 bucks to get in the door, and then the autograph was free. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to tell him about WrestleMania 25. I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm 19 at the time. And I get up to him, and I'm like, uh, I didn't even have a picture for him to sign. If you go on my Instagram, I like they gave us a bag when you walk in the door. I'm like, can you sign this bag? He's like, yeah, sure. And then, you know, we do the two sweet, and then I just walk away. I'm like, well, I'm, I effed that up, you know. But, you know, I mean, since since, since then, you know, every time I meet a wrestler, it's been, uh, it's, it's been okay. It's been, it's been very casual. 
you know, get your get your stuff signed, tell them you like something about what they've done, and then you move on. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's that, that's about it. Exactly. And don't be weird when it comes to meeting female wrestlers, because I've seen some stuff, and it's like, come on, guys, don't shoot your shot right there. Not the time. Yeah, you know the um, you seen that? You seen like the photos of guys doing like the prom pose with female wrestlers? I'm like, oh, that's just creepy. That's that's really creepy. I when we were at Starcast, I walked past um, I walked past the smoke show, and this guy was like a blubbering idiot to her, and I'm like, oh, that's that's cute, that's that's fun. Oh man. All right. Uh, well, last up in brightest day X. Shout out, Mister X. Curveball and share shots. Number one emailer. Absolutely. AKA the only emailer. Okay, it's I'll I'll email. I'll I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. Curveball in. CS at gmail.com because Dominic set that up and he doesn't know the name of our own podcast. Oh, wow. All right. First off, cheese, the greatest thing ever. The best type of cheese is extra cheese. Uh, I do agree blue cheese can suck it, though. Wow. Okay. I guess he's a cheese guy like you. Let's go back to last week. I finally remembered one weird quirk, one weird food quirk that I have. Okay. I, I, I got it. So me, I'm like Bubba Gump. I love shrimp. Love it. Love grilled shrimp. Love whatever. But fried shrimp can just go straight to hell. I hate it. Really? Yes. Why? I'm just not a fan of fried shrimp. Love fried chicken. Love fried everything. But for some reason, I'm just not a fan of fried shrimp. I'd rather have it grilled, steamed, whatever. Uh, that's that, that that's that's an interesting one, Brandon. Wow. Oh my like if I'm going to Bubba Gump's, I'm just ordering like the bucket of shrimp. With like the corn and stuff in it, I'm just that's all I'm eating. I ain't eating no no other thing. I'm just going there for the shrimp. Okay, Brandon does not like fried shrimp, so like not even not even like a stir fry. No. If it's fried, I mean if it's like if it's whatever breaded and fried, probably not gonna eat it. I, uh, all right. Uh, he also says, I guess Vince is writing Pat McAfee's promos. Oh, the little elf theme. Oh. Possibly. Also, please stop this whole uh, thing with Pat McAfee. Really? Wow. I'm, I'm I am glad that they're actually making him a heel and not making Adam Cole the heel in the situation. Because if there was fans, I feel as though they definitely would side with Adam Cole on this one. And I'm interested to see what they do. I mean, Pat McAfee, as I said, he's not not doing a radio show right now. So I'm interested to see like how he's going to portray this and talk about it. But I'm a guy who likes both of them. So... I, you know, I'm definitely going to be with Adam Cole on this one, but I am always, I'm always kind of scared when it comes to celebrities playing wrestler and he's kind of not off to the greatest start. I mean, I know it's probably him being scripted to say this, but I just don't like the Adam Cole short stuff because he's already kind of on the smaller side. And if he's going to be babyface forever, then fine. But do you really have to go down that route? Because we don't, we don't Sean. see Adam Cole as a small guy. Daniel Bryan, yes. Adam Cole, not really. Bro, look, Sean. Sean's like the same build as Adam Yeah, and we Cole. never saw everyone call him a, a little elf. Well, it was the 90s. It was completely different. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're going to move on. Uh, can someone please tell me what exactly was happening on Raw this week? Apollo has two belts. Shane returns. Antifa showed up. Uh, Raw Underground was like a combo of UFC and the Attitude Era. My head still hurts thinking about it. Well, we're speaking of Raw, let's just jump into it right now. So, um, Randall Keith Orton. Yes, he has a promo with Drew McIntyre, the Scottish psychopath, the WWE champion. And yeah, so, you know, um, Drew's out there, he's talking, and he's like, Randy, you know, you should have been fired so many times. People have had to clean up your crap figuratively, figuratively and literally, talking about the the poop in a bag prank Randy did. And Orton comes out and he's like, yeah, I should have been fired one, two, three, four, five, six times. I've had all these chances. You know, you talk about how I don't want to be here. If I didn't want to be here, I wouldn't be here. I've made my money. I'm here because I want to be here. You know, he wants to be the WWE champion, all this other stuff. Thoughts on uh, McIntyre and Orton? Once again, kind of straightforward. Just good stuff. I like McIntyre's promo. I like his delivery. You know, kind of went down the the shoot realm but it was i mean i would have done without like the, he's gonna be shooting brother comment that he made but i feel as though like you know you can add some realism into the match without kind of going too over the top which i think is what they did here and rick flair's back so shout out rick flair 
Woo! Nature boy. Absolutely. Um, and this was, um, this, I thoroughly enjoyed this. So Seth Rollins is, um, he's out there at the broadcast table, you know, he's talking down to Tom Phillips. And, you know, he wants Murphy to assault him. And Joe steps up. He's like, that's not going to happen, gentlemen. You know. Seth's like, Joe, you don't want to do this. And Joe's like, no, Seth, you don't want to do this. We cut to commercial. We come back. Seth and Murphy are in the ring with chairs. And Joe's just, like, kind of kind of pandering outside. Dominic Mysterio comes in, whacking Seth with a kendo stick, whacking uh, Buddy. You know, Seth grabs a kendo stick, misses uh, Dominic, hits Buddy, and uh, gets drop kicked into the... um. Into the second rope, six one nine. Dominic dives onto the outside to uh, Mysteri- to um, what is it, Rollins and Murphy, and then says like, you know what, Dominic, you want you want your match at SummerSlam, you got it. So, Dominic Mysterio will take on the Monday Night Messiah at SummerSlam. Fifteen years earlier, he was at SummerSlam watching Eddie and Ray fight for his custody. If that isn't poetic justice, I don't know what is, Brandon. I thought Dominic looked all right. He did look a little clumsy and clunky, kind of, you know, climbing up the ropes and doing stuff like that. He has been training. He obviously is bigger than Ray, so maybe exactly what Ray does will translate to Dominic's skill set. But, I mean, they've put so much time and effort into the storyline that I guess this is the way that it has to be paid off. Now, I wonder, Philip, what's going to be the better match between the veteran and the inexperienced guy, Seth and Dominic, or Adam Cole, Pat McAfee? Ooh, you have to look at who's been doing this longer. I think Seth's been doing this longer than Adam. But I feel as though, yes, maybe Pat doesn't have the wrestling experience that Dominic does, but he's a lot more charismatic and also, I think, a lot more athletic. Well, you see, that's the thing. Oftentimes, you know, you can... One of the bells and whistles besides, like, sledgehammers and chairs is, like, your charisma and your your character. So, yeah, um... I think I'll give it to Dominic and, and, uh, and Seth. I think I'll go the NXT route. I think they're going to try to have it more of, like, a straightforward match at SummerSlam, and I think... NXT will be a little bit more gimmicky. So I, I think because they're going to use the bells and whistles more in NXT, that I think it, they'll might get away with a little bit more. Absolutely. All right. Um, Raw Underground. This debuted. You had Shane McMahon come back. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. Do the whole jig, whatever. Um, yeah, look, there were women dancing on top of a platform. There was fight. It felt like I was watching GTA or something. I don't, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I don't know, man. But uh, yeah, uh, this 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 was very very interesting. You have the dude that's a trainee in NXT has like the dreadlock mohawk thing taken out, guys. You have the Viking War Raider experience show up. You got the Hurt Business showing up, and I think this benefits the Hurt Business very well. Why? Bobby Lashley, he's had matches in Bellator. He's a shoot fighter. You have Shelton Benjamin. He's a, he's he's an amateur wrestler. He's a shoot wrestler. He's one of the best. In uh in the collegiate sport, you have uh MVP who you know left WWE, took up Brazilian jiu jitsu and all these other martial arts. You know when he was on tour in Japan and stuff like that. This benefits those guys very well. I'm for it. I f- it's different. You know we 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 always say oh WWE's doing the same thing, and then finally when they want to do something different, people will always complain. You can't please everybody. Wrestling fans we're the best and we're the worst. A lot of the time, and but I'm, I'm for it. I think it's interesting and it's different, and I like it. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna completely bury it right now. The first day wasn't the biggest fan of it. I mean, I'm someone who's watched Bloodsport. I love what they did. Also, the Matt Riddle, Timothy Thatcher match in NXT. So I like kind of the shoot style grappling matches that have happened in wrestling in the recent years. Now, the thing I don't really like about it is what's the reason for being here? Shane has always kind of, there's always been rumors that Shane has never really had good ideas when it comes to creative. And if this, he is the face of this. So if this is like his idea, I think it just kind of further cements the fact that maybe it's a better that that Stephanie and Triple H are the quote unquote successors than Shane. But I'm not going to just completely bury it. I'm going to give it a chance. 
with the Hurt Business kind of coming in and taking over at the end, maybe they're going to be kind of the new faces. The other thing is, like, Shane, the last time we saw him, he was a despicable heel, and now he's just happy-go-lucky Shane O'Mac again. But, I mean, Kevin kind of addressed it during the KO show, but wasn't the biggest fan. I mean, the ma- I think the matches itself, it doesn't really, I don't understand, like, what's going on. Like, what's the point of it? They're just having a fight for a fight, and then, like, I've seen way better shoot-style fights than that in wrestling. Um, you know, we, we, we have to tune in next week to find out more, you know, why, why this is happening. Absolutely. Um, the women dancing, though, you have to love it. You have to absolutely love it. Um, Oscar challenges Sasha to a match at SummerSlam for the Raw Women's Championship. Yeah. Also, they are, cont- I think they're like, just keep going with this they're trolling us at this point of like the crappy finishes with sasha banks because they have the terrible scripted promo from Shayna baszler which Shayna baszler is a damn good promo but yet when you script her to say these dumb lines and then punch sasha in the face it's not going to get over and then they have a match between sasha and Shayna baszler they don't want either one of them to lose so then why book the match in the first place but they need to have matches and they only have a limited amount of people on the roster and so then we have a no contest where there's just a fight on the outside, which happens in almost every single WWE match. So now that you're open up Pandora's box and it makes no sense of why this match was thrown out. And it's just like WWE, if you wanted to do this, just do a double count out, do a double disqualification or something. Give us another crappy finish, but don't give us a crappy finish that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, dude, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, It's happened. It's, it, it, I, I think SummerSlam will get a, a true decisive finish, and um, dude, Sasha better retain her title. She better retain it. I swear to God, if they pull that, oh, she only she can't defend it more than once. Stuff. I'm. I will be upset. I will be pissed off. I feel your pain, Sasha. I'm right Man, there with you, girl. Absolutely. You know what? Um, Apollo Cruz made his return to WWE TV. He defeats MVP, and he is the. Uh, he's still the United States champion. Um, the old U.S. title is going to give it to his son or something, and he's keeping the one that uh, MVP had made. And so MVP gets on the microphone, and he says something, something, control your narrative. Now, here's the thing. People have taken to Twitter, and they said that, you know, these are EC3's ideas. Like, EC3's put up promos of the shoot fighting, kind of like what's going on with Raw Underground. He's been a big... Um, spokesperson for Control Your Narrative. That's his whole gimmick now. And the line that he, MVP threw out there. So people are like, oh, wow, they fired him and now they're taking all his ideas. What are your thoughts on that? Don't know if that, ex- if that exactly means that they're stealing EC3's ideas, but they had the lights flickering and the microphones going in and out, which I would assume was on purpose and it was just super weird and super clunky. And then we do the whole thing of the people siding, you know, setting the whatever light box, the power adapter or whatever on fire. And then we get the name. They're called Retribution. So we get a bunch of people in black hoodies. Philip, what do you think? Who is a part of Retribution? And what the hell is going to be going on? Well, let's see. Who was fired in April that isn't signed with a company? <laughs> that's, that, 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 that's what you have to look at. Uh, I don't know, man. Is this like the hacker gimmick continued type deal? Honestly, when the stuff was going out, I'm like, oh, that might be a dig at Impact and how their Slammiversary pay-per-view, everything just kept shutting off. It wasn't working great. I don't know, man. Um, We'll just have to wait and see. I honestly forgot that even happened. Uh, Yeah, man. And go check out EC3 on the Chris Jericho podcast. You know, what I really liked about this interview, he didn't bury WWE. He was like... I, I was fired the first time, didn't work out. Oh, well, went to TNA, did some good stuff. I came back, it didn't really work out, na- then I left, you know? Or he was let go, but he didn't He didn't bury it like everybody else does, which I, I liked that. I thought, I thought, wow, that's, that's, that's very big of him. Yeah, now he's doing stuff on EC, on Impact, and I guess his name now is just Carter. So, switching up there. I mean, he's always been... You know, doing good stuff outside of WWE and NXT. He didn't really do anything in either company. So, it's nice to see. Give him a chance and hopefully he can... Hopefully Impact can be doing some things. Absolutely. All right, Brandon, uh, what what happened last Well, Philip, we oh, had God. the 
the the biggest thing that you didn't want to talk about. We had Demi, star of The Bachelor, maybe my favorite Bachelor person in history. I know maybe people might lose respect for me, but yes, I am a 26 year old straight man who watches The Bachelor and all the other stupid spinoff shows that they have. And Demi might be my favorite. Curran, shout out Curran, but Demi showing up on Raw. She's smitten with Angel, Angel or Angel. Gave her his rose. Charlie, probably not going to be a fan of that. But, great crossover. I know no one even knows who she is. I don't know why she's there either. But Demi, on the show. Love to see it. Hopefully she's there every week. Yeah, man. It's okay, man. You know, I, um, I, I, I am a connoisseur of days of our lives. So it's okay. It's alright. It's understandable. You know? This damn pandemic has taken away the Bachelorette. And then... Bachelor in Paradise probably is going to happen, which Bachelor in Paradise, that is the best one. Because literally all it is is just booze and sex and beach and swimsuits. The best part. That sounds like MTV2. I feel like that's all that happens there. Um, I, this happened. I have noticed that the women and the men on MT, on like the MTV type of dating shows, way hotter than on the uh, the ABC Bachelor shows. Let's just say they have a little bit more uh, assets to them. Well, yeah, you know, ABC, you know, does Disney own them too? I forget. Anyway, they're like the... Disney owns everything. In like 20 years, we're all going to be run by Amazon, Disney, and Apple. Yeah, I, I highly doubt that. Disney's not running me. They're corrupt as hell. Uh, yeah, you know, all those people on ABC shows are like, oh, wow, she's pretty, but she could play somebody's mom on so-and-so ABC family show or whatever, you know? Like, that's, that's why they look like that. MTV, they just let it happen. Shout out. Shout out. The only good thing from when it stopped being Shout real out Maria music, and Susie from uh, Pauly D and Vinny, Double Shot of Love. Absolutely. The only real good thing from it uh, when it stopped becoming real music television. Uh, with that being said, let's switch over to AEW. I don't mind! So we start off with a monster 10-man tag. The Dark Order takes on FTR and the Elite consisting of uh, the Bucks, Kenny, and Hangman Adam Page. Brandon, it was chaos. What happened? Well, a lot happened. I mean, you have 10 men, 12 men in the ring. You had FTR and the Elite taking on the Dark Order. And the match itself, it was good. It was fine. But I, the thing I really enjoyed was just the storytelling. It wasn't super complex, but there was just so many different little branches and avenues that they went. You know, FTR and everyone leaving Kenny. So Kenny getting attacked for a little bit. So then that adds more fuel to the fire of Kenny possibly turning heel and turning his back on the Elite. You have uh, Cole Cabana, who goes on a winning streak, then goes on a losing streak, and now that he joins the Dark Order, even though he's kind of either ignoring it or just kind of you know dumb to the fact of all the things that they do, he gets another one, so he's continuing on his winning streak. You you know have the FTR and Young Bucks dynamic with Adam Page in there. There's just so much stuff going on, and I enjoyed all of it. I'm glad you enjoyed all of it, Brandon. I really am. Uh yeah, you know FTR, you know one of what was it? Dax Harwood gets hurt, so Cash. And Hangman take him to the trainer. Uh, Hang Hangman Adam Page tearing it up with everybody in there, man. All in all, Mr. Brody Lee would have boom shot Larry just right to the right to the chest of Hangman. Turns him inside out, gets the job done. Uh, yeah, yeah, man, it was it, it was interesting. I, I liked it. I liked it, bud. And then I don't know if this will lead to Brody Lee and Colt becoming tag team champions or something because I feel as though. Colt has to continue winning, and then either when he loses, it's going to have to be like a big storyline or angle that has to go down. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. All right, next up, we have the best friends defeating Satana and Ortiz. Uh, yeah, man, so they they get the win. I want that uh, LAX faction or Latinx faction to happen in, um, in AEW, man. You have, you know, Satana Ortiz, Eddie Kingston, he could be the the head of it because he's a great talker, and then you have Diamante. Like, I, I really want that to go down, man. I think that'd be great because, you know, they joined Inner Circle, but they haven't really done anything. Like, they haven't done anything. They haven't achieved success. You know, they haven't won the tag titles yet. I feel like, you know, I talk about this on In the Click all the time. If they, uh, they side over with Eddie Kingston, that was the last time they had their real great success with him and Impact. They were the tag champs. They were dominating that tag division. Go back to Eddie success can happen again yeah AEW has done a lot of good work by boosting and taking care of all their talent yes I know you can't take care of everyone but I feel as though the uh, I would just want to call him LAX Santana and Ortiz 
I feel as though they're so talented. I feel like them and the Lucha Bros are kind of the two people or two teams, two acts that aren't getting, I think they're just do push. Yes, the Lucha Bros are kind of, you know, they had to be, they couldn't get across the border or anything like that. So that's the reason why they're not really on the show that much. But Santana and Ortiz, I feel as though being that the champions, the tag team champions are baby faces, that if you build them up, it could have been a really good, really exciting match and it would have meant something now. Best friends, they continue on with their push. And as I said, like you have a babyface champion. So I just don't understand the reasoning for having best friends continuing on this, you know, this win. Yes, they did do the angle later. So they're going to continue on with that feud. And they, I mean, they said that they were on like a three match winning streak, but I don't know if that was like a dark thing. So we didn't really see them all that much. But Santana Ortiz, I'm continuing that they need to be a more focal act. Maybe not like, you know, go on a tear and become champions and rule the world. But I feel as though they need better. They deserve better. Absolutely. They deserve better. You know, they do deserve better. Um, yeah, so we're going to move on to Maxwell Jacob Friedman. You know, his segment. You know, we're in the campaign room. Buttons are being made. Posters, t-shirts. And, you know, this campaign is not over until the All Elite Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship is around the waist of Maxwell Jacob Friedman. I'm a fan. I'm ready for change. We do deserve better, ladies and gentlemen. If you want an AEW you can be proud of, if you want an AEW that is truly diverse and is represented for everyone, you need to vote MJF 2020. Yes. Another good segment. I, I like how, you know, they're doing all the things MJF is doing MJF things. And in the end, the camera guy asks, oh, what happens if Darby wins? Then he just kind of buries Darby and... I enjoyed that, and then obviously we get some more stuff at the end in the main event, which I enjoyed a lot. Absolutely. All right, Sammy Guevara attacks uh, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy comes out um, to cut a promo, and he talks about Private Party, how they remind him a lot of his brother and I and how he's there for him. And he talks about Sammy coming back, and he like he needed to push, and that's why he pushed him. And then, you know, Sammy comes from under the ring, and he's in the ring with him. And Matt's like, oh, Sammy, I knew you'd come. And then they fight. Uh, and Sammy just throws a chair at Hardy's head, busts him open, puts him on a table, does this insane flip onto the table, onto Matt Hardy. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this also. Yeah, I mean, we, we're going to get the Matt Hardy-Sammy Guevara main event or match like the week that all the stuff with Sasha Banks came out. And then they, you know, have him return, do some things, take the loss, but then they get right back into the match. I don't know what they're going to do if they can continue on with the quote-unquote burial and have Matt Hardy end up winning because Matt has been on such a winning streak. He hasn't really done much since Sammy left, except for being the, uh, I guess, coach of Private Party. But I thought, it, you know, a good beatdown angle. I, I still don't really know. I haven't watched it back. If the, that was shoot blood or that was a blade job because that chair shot definitely did look nasty. They didn't replay it, so maybe it was just a blade job and just they blamed everything on the chair. But... You know, I think since the feud was dormant for a few months, that getting this, you know, angle in this little beatdown definitely did re respark it. Absolutely. All right. Next up, we have Cody and Cardona defeat the Dark Order. Yes, Cody Rhodes, the champion of America's Greatest Network, the TNT champion, Matt Cardona's first um, in match in AEW. They go up and defeat the Dark Order. I don't know the guy's real names. Uh, it was fine, you know, uh, Jacked Ryder, as people are calling him. Uh, he he looked impressive. He hit the uh, the former Rough Rider, which is now called Radio Silence. Uh, yeah. So all in all, it was it was a decent match and good job by Cody and uh, Cardona. Yeah, the match was fine. You know, with Dark Order, I, I mean, this is kind of like the jobber Dark Order, and I don't know if I would have had Cody sell as much as he did, but they are kind of building them up on Dark, I assume. And I mean, it was fine. You know, Cardona getting the win here. As I kind of talked about last week, I think there is definitely some different avenues you can go with Cardona. I feel as though you can bring him in as a babyface. You can have him be buddy-buddy with Cody. Maybe he goes off and feuds with Sean Spears. You know, just all of Cody's buddies just fight with each other. And then I think there definitely is some stuff that you can go with, with Cardona turning heel on Cody or someone else because he has that history of being, you know, forgotten, left behind in WWE that you can tap into. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I, like I said, thoroughly enjoyed that match. And then we have uh, Trent's mom's van is destroyed by Santana and Ortiz because they lost to them earlier on in the show. And Chucky's like, you destroyed my friend's mom's van. And I'm like, oh, that's that's this isn't good. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of this. And once again, I'm going to call it out in WWE. I will call it out in 
AEW. Why the hell was there a camera inside of the van? It was an unnecessary camera angle that we didn't need if we just had a camera on Santana and Ortiz the entire time, bashing in windows and spray painting the car, it would have got the exact same effect. But when you cut to a camera inside the van, it just takes me out of the moment and just makes me remind myself that, oh, this is all fake. This is an angle. This was all planned. Like, come on. Got to call a spade a spade here. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why that happens. I really don't, guys. You know, maybe maybe they're GoPros or something. I don't, I don't know what's happening. I really don't. But it's not like we get ride-alongs in... Trent's mom's car. We don't. Hey, we, we should have carpool uh, sing-alongs, carpool karaoke in her car. I think that'd be great. Um, this was, I thoroughly enjoyed this, the Jericho versus Cassidy debate. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. He is back. I wish I wish they had the licenses to that. I would have loved to hear that. Eric Bischoff, for the first time in 20 years, it was the summer of 2000. He is back on TNT, ladies and gentlemen. He was the moderator, the guest moderator for Cassidy versus uh, Jericho, the debate. It was Canada versus America. I have to choose Canada. I have to go with my friend Chris Jericho. I thoroughly enjoyed this. You know, Jericho dressed to the nines in his, what, $10,000 suit, you know, while Hager's over there, the big hurt, dressed up really nice, holding the $7,000 jacket that Cassidy destroyed with orange juice. Uh, Jericho did very well in the debate, but then when it got to global warming, Orange Cassidy took it away. And Brandon, you take it away. I absolutely love this segment i thought everyone played their parts perfectly eric bischoff it was kind of spoiled out there because this was a pre-tape show i kind of try to stay away from spoilers but it was just kind of hard to ignore and as you said i think everyone was great i think jericho playing the jericho role playing the heel was great and then cassie not saying anything until he has that prepared statement for climate or global warming and the rising sea levels i thought that was just fantastic and then at the end, he cuts a straightforward babyface promo saying that, you know, he's going to win, he's going to beat him up, and he's going to try and do all this stuff. And it just sucks that there's no fans in the crowd because if this was in front of a crowd and he, like, cut that promo and, like, was doing everything, that just would have been such a moment. Like, this is the Orange Cassidy storyline is kind of the one thing that just sucks about the pandemic because there's no crowd to react. And it's getting over, but it would have got it would have been so much better if there was a crowd reacting to this, which sucks. Oh yes, absolutely. Orange Cassidy is getting over. Um, I, I liked I, I liked how he um he cut the promo. And he's like Jericho, we know what you're doing. You, you scheduled a debate for a guy that doesn't talk. Ha ha, very funny. And he he said, look me in my eyes, Chris. I'm going to beat you, and it's going to be the biggest loss of your career. And I'm like, wow. I'm I'm a fan. I am a fan of Orange Cassidy. Love it. And it got me invested. And now I want to see Orange Cassidy win. And I think he's going to do it. I he he. He might uh, evade the Judas effect. I, 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 th- I think it's going to happen. All right, and uh, next up we have Big Swole versus Rebel or Reba. And, uh, yeah, you know, uh, Britt Baker said, you know, uh, Big Swole, you can face me if you defeat a person of my choice. And it's uh, Rebel, I mean, former Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. She was, you know, a wrestler a few years ago, you know, in Impact and all this other stuff, did tours of India and Japan. And yeah, um, she went for a moonsault, which I was surprised she she went for that. I was like, oh, oh Jesus, uh, she missed it. Big Swole got the got the win, so now we get Big Swole versus Britt Baker. I think Rebel played uh, her role perfectly. You know, kind of, pre- you know, obviously she is a wrestler and she knows what she's doing, but she went out there and she pretended like she didn't know what she was doing, and then when she did a move, she was surprised. Hit the perfect picture perfect moonsault. Fortunately, there was no water in the pool. And Big Swole, on the other hand, I thought she looked, you know, fantastic. I love her demeanor when she came out. And when she first debuted in AEW, I didn't know anything about her, wasn't a big fan. But I think, I don't know if it's just the storyline, but I think Big Swole is definitely kind of hitting her stride right now. And I think uh, she's definitely, I wouldn't say the star of the women's division, but I think she's definitely like the marquee baby face of the division right now. Absolutely. And shout out Rebel. Yes, yes, sir. All right, the main event, it was John Moxley versus Darby Allen for the All Elite Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship. John gives Darby a little sucker punch. He tosses, in the match, he tosses him off of the platform, and he, like, hit his head on the railing, and it was just chaos, man. Chaos! Yes. I love the promo that Moxley cut beforehand in the show where he kind of talks about that. He knows what Darby's going to bring. He's not going to give up, and he's scared of what he might do to Darby because... To put down Darby, you really have to beat him down. He doesn't want to do that because he likes Darby. 
And then we get MJF coming out in the match trying to cost Moxley the victory because obviously the sniveling heel doesn't want John Moxley to win. He buried Darby Allen, but yet that's the guy he wants to win because he feels as though in his mind he has a better chance of beating Darby. But then in the end, the big bad baby face, John Moxley, gets the win. You know, he doesn't want to do it, but he does it, gets the win, helps up Darby afterward, and MJF throwing a fit as the show goes off the air. Absolutely. My whole question is, dude, um, once we get to all all out, does does MJF actually get the job done? That's what I want to know. I'm open to it. I'm not exactly saying right now today he's going to win. But if there are some other storylines and some different avenues that AEW wants to go, I think that could be a way out. I, I mean, I think Moxley's going to get the job done. I just feel like someone on the elite's going to turn, whether that's Cody or Kenny or even Adam Page. I don't think it's going to happen. I think one of those guys will turn. And I think eventually that will be the world champion. I think it has to be. I think it needs to be Kenny because Hank, man, he's he, he's the baby face 100%. Like, you, you can feel it. You can feel it, absolutely. All right, Superstar Spotlight. Who do we got? Who do we got? I have to give it to... I'm going to give it to Darby Allen. Very impressive showing against John Moxley. You know, he he uh, he took his beating to the very very end, but all in all, you know, he he's still getting over with the crowd. You know, Darby Allen's one of those guys, kind of, kind of really like Jeff Hardy, where he got more over in a lot of the losses than in victories. You know, when Jeff was chasing the WWE title and the World Heavyweight title and stuff like that. That's um that's the, the role Darby Allen is playing at the moment. And I will go. With Orange Cassidy, it feels as though every time Orange does something on AEW, I gotta give him a spotlight. And I just love this is probably the best thing he's done thus far. We finally get him talking. He cuts a good promo, and he's a man, and he's a guy who wants to fight against global warming. So, how can you hate a guy like that? How can you hate a guy like that? And also the facial expression that Chris Jericho was was doing when Cassidy was doing that promo was absolutely fantastic. Yes, I'm, I'm so proud of Jericho, man. Love it. Yeah, you have to love it. All right, Brandon, what's our promo pick of the week? Well, our promo pick, we're going to go all the way back to ECW in 1999. We've been doing a lot of ECW stuff recently. And we will go to Taz, who at this point is the ECW World Champion. And he's cutting a promo. If you just type in Taz ECW promo, it's literally the first thing that comes up on the tube of you. And he's not really cutting a promo at anybody. He's just cutting a promo, talking himself up, saying that, oh, you know, this guy in WWF beat him. This guy in WCW beat him. I just beat everybody. I choke him out. I'm a bad MFer. Come at me. You know, beat me if you can. Survive if I let you. Just straightforward Taz stuff. Very similar to what he's doing right now with Brian Cage. Absolutely. This, that's when Taz was at his peak, man. We don't we don't talk about the WWE run. We can talk about the commentary, but not the not the in ring stuff. Oh uh, yeah, Taz, one of the baddest mofo's on the planet. Seriously, Tyson. Huh, huh, huh. Watch out, son. I'm just saying. Taz, I think he has a couple suplexes still in him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, our closed match pick of the week. Adam Cole, baby, versus the phenomenal AJ Styles. This is when Styles is the in, uh, the IWGP heavyweight champion. Ring of Honor all-star extravaganza. This is number six, September 6, 2014. To, uh, this is when Adam Cole was actually with the kingdom. With the kingdom, yeah. You know, two guys who uh, were leaders of the Bullet Club, you know, uh, Cole led the American uh, Bullet Club while Kenny was doing his thing in Japan. Styles, he was just the leader of all of it, all of it. You know, uh, this was this was fun, man. You know, these uh, th these two guys cl clash of styles. It really worked, and I loved it. Yeah, I think this was probably my peak ROH fandom, kind of this era where AJ and the Bullet Club were kind of going in and out, and Adam Cole was there as well. You know, fantastic match, two pros. You know what you're gonna get from these two. Absolutely. With that being said, it's time to it's time to say goodbye. All right, follow us on Twitter at BulletCast, Instagram the BulletCast, YouTube channel the BulletCast, email us BulletCast two is in the number two suite S W E T at gmail dot com ninety nine point nine FM KW in Watsonville every Thursday night from nine PM to ten PM iTunes Stitcher TuneIn iHeartRadio Anchor Spotify Patreon. We're all over the damn place. Yes, uh, check out my other podcast, Complex Conversations, C-O-M-P-L-E-X-X -X Conversations, wherever you can find podcasts. Check out Curveballs and Chair Shots, wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out my YouTube channel, Cheekley TV, C-H-I-K-L-E, 
TV. Uh, you know, we do pranks, challenges, all that great stuff. And check me out on In The Click um, whenever we release an episode. I'm on there like every Friday when we talk about AEW. Uh, yeah, wherever you can get podcasts as well. Brandon, anything else you want to say to the people? Maybe one of these days I'll get an invitation to In The Click. Uh, you know what, man? I'll, I'll talk to Huey tonight. Uh, we actually have a tag team name now. We have a tag team name, or you and Huey have a tag Huey team Huey and name? I have a tag team name. Wow, no, I see how it we're, is. We're the Dynamite Kids, because we talk AEW Dynamite. And Brightest Day X actually came up with the name. Yes. Mr. Mr. X, just all over the place. Shout out Mr. X. He listens to everything. He's he, a real one. Yes, shout out. Shout out Mr. X, you know, a valued asset to the evolution of the bullet cast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for us. Stay clean, stay strong, stay safe, stay quarantined. Diamonds are forever, and so is the microphone messiah. This has been the bullet cast. Thank you for listening.